the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. way to start a show off like that uh i wish it was under better circumstances but if you had not heard eddie van halen pass yesterday at 65 he had uh, been suffering from cancer for several years he had gotten uh, cancer of the mouth and uh it uh, traveled through his body mastitized and uh uh he uh, he passed away yesterday what a great great guitarist I, I, I opened up with that particular song just because that was their first big hit, and it really kind of showed off Eddie a little bit in, in the song. I had no idea he was that young, 65. Yeah, he's young, wow. young guy. He's not. Uh, he He's two years younger than I am, okay? Wow. Uh, it, it's really a sad story, and uh, he had been warned several times, and... Uh, rejected those warnings and as everybody has the right to do it's your own life man you live it the way you want to live it and and he did uh one of the best rock and roll guitarists though i think that we all can agree on that but he passed yesterday eddie van halen dead now and uh you know anybody who was wondering about uh, reunion tours that ain't gonna happen now all right i mean you can get along of, of getting either you know, uh, David Lee Roth coming out and leading and singing or, you know, whomever that you want to, to lead the group and a bass player or a drummer. 
But you can't replace Eddie Van Halen. You just can't. Yeah, he he was the lead guitarist. It'd be like you know Zeppelin. If Zeppelin decided they were going to go back on tour, and uh, you know they went out and did a couple of uh, shows after uh, Bonham died. In fact, it was his son that played the drums, and it's as good as his dad. But if Plant or or, or any of the other folks died, you couldn't keep going. They're just too you know they're iconic roles. Uh, the Who. Uh, you know, Entwistle died, Moon died. They replaced uh, with uh, uh, Ringo's son, plays the drums for him when they go on a tour. I don't know who does the uh, uh, well, the like, bass now. Well, like Queen has been touring for the past five years with a uh, uh, former American Idol uh, run, runner-up, Adam Lambert, and that's been pretty successful because... Adam Lambert has a similar voice to Freddie yeah. Mercury, like with the vocal range. But yeah, it's it's just it's but not if, the same. If Brian May dies. Queen's yeah. done. Queen's done. Absolutely. You know, they're yeah. finished at that point. I mean, Brian May is the soul of that group. A lot of people would like to think that it was, you know, the lead singer was not. You know, May is the one that kept him going. When he walked away, when the lead singer walked away and uh, Queen kept going, it was Brian May and the guys that did all right. So anyway, anyway, Eddie Van Halen is 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 left. When you go see the Who, it's still Roger Daltrey and Pete and uh, not in Twistle, but uh, Townsend. So those are the two main members of that group. Townsend wrote the music and all that, and then of course uh, uh, you, you get the, the the vocals. So anyway, bottom line that they're, that's where they're at. All right politics <laughs> you couldn't you didn't think i'd get through the first what am i am i through 10 minutes of the show no uh here's the key i i've got to talk about politics a huge story both uh break uh, was breaking yesterday uh here here's fox news they've got it we've got that ready to go right that segment i sent to you uh heidi do you have that piece let's play that piece i sent you here you go here's fox news the director of national intelligence has declassified documents today revealing former CIA director John Brennan briefed then-President Obama on Hillary Clinton's purported plan to smear then-candidate Trump in 2016, adding to what the national intelligence director has already de- declassified on this issue and raising more questions tonight about how much more of this will come out before Election Day. Senior political correspondent Mike Emanuel is following the story tonight in Washington. Good evening, Mike. Brett, good evening. These are handwritten notes from former CIA director John Brennan, written according to a source familiar after Brennan briefed President Obama. At one point, Brennan writes, quote, approved by Hillary Clinton, a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian security service. The notes say on 28 of July, in the margin, Brennan writes POTUS, but that section of the notes are redacted. Then it says any evidence of collaboration between Trump campaign and Russia. The remainder of the notes are redacted, except in the margins where it says J.C., Dennis, and Susan. That could be referring to former FBI Director James Comey, former Obama Chief of Staff Dennis McDonough, and former National Security Advisor Susan Rice. The CIA sent a memo to former FBI Director James Comey and Peter Strzok writing, quote, the following information is provided for the exclusive use of your bureau for background investigative action or lead purposes as appropriate. One example the CIA includes, quote, 
quote, an exchange redacted discussing U.S. presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's approval of a plan concerning U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump and Russian hackers hampering U.S. elections as a means of distracting the public from the, her use of a private email server. At a hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee last week, Comey was pressed on what he did with information provided by the CIA. Did you open an investigation? I don't know what that refers to. As I said earlier, that does not ring any bells with me when I read that. You, you did not receive any investigative referral of this nature? I don't remember it. I don't, I don't remember receiving anything that's described in that letter. Hillary Clinton spokesman Nick Merrill has called the latest revelation, quote, baseless BS. Yeah, there you go. Baseless BS and the CIA sent it off to Comey and everybody to continue on for... Uh, that uh, Russia collusion thing. All four years of it. They knew it was BS. They were given the information that it was BS. The president was told about it. More is going to come out. These, these, uh, they're finally getting all of the uh, information out. It's all getting out and it's not going to be good. Trump took to Twitter uh, on uh, uh, Tuesday to announce that he wanted all relevant files pertaining to, quote, the single greatest political crime in American history, the Russia hoax release. He said he also wants all relevant documents pertaining to the Clinton email probe. No redactions, he tweeted. Trump's demand came a day after he was released, uh, released by Walter Reed Medical. So who cares? That's not even part of the story. That's not part of the story. Edmund DeMarch, you don't even have to get into what well, the president had COVID-19. So what? So what? That's not what this is. That's a deflection by the writer. All right. Just so you be aware of that. And, uh, the bottom line is the president evidently knew about this. So this goes to the highest levels in the Obama administration. And a lot of people might be saying, well, Dave, what, what does it matter? It's done. It's over. It's through. No, it, they, they keep bringing it up. Now maybe they'll just shut their mouths and uh, we can move on and people realize that it was nothing that the president did. It was a dirty trick. And what a big surprise that is uh, from the Clintons. That ain't no big surprise. They are the um, professional dirty trick squad. They really, really are. So evidently Hillary was behind all of this. Uh the president's announcement led to fierce exchanges on social media. General Michael Hayden, the former CIA director under President George W. Bush, got into a public clash on Twitter with Richard Grinnell, the former acting director of national intelligence under Trump. Grinnell had tweeted a link to an exclusive Fox News story about John Ratcliffe, the administration's top intelligence official, and the declassification of documents that revealed former CIA Director John Brennan had briefed former President Obama on Clinton's purported plan to tie then-candidate Trump to Russia uh, as a uh, means of distracting the public from her use 
of private email server ahead of the 2016 presidential election. Grinnell, a vocal Trump supporter, tweeted that the report was proof uh, that Obama and Joe Biden, his vice president at the time, directed their administration to use the powers of government to attack Trump's campaign and transition team. Quote, the Susan Rice email to herself after the Oval Office meeting was part of the cover-up, Grinnell wrote. Hayden, who has spoken out about Trump in the past, announced that he is supporting Biden, responded to Grinnell, you're an a-hole, really? Now, see, when people just call you names, you know you got something going. I get that all the time. All right. Grinnell responded, I see you don't like to be exposed. (laughs) And so you resort to name-calling. Transparency isn't political. Uh, So, you know, all of this is all coming out now. And let me tell you what, if the president knew about it, so did the vice president. And I think that uh, Biden needs to be grilled on this tonight. He needs to be uh, he needs to be questioned. Don't expect it to happen. All right. I, I wouldn't expect it to happen. All right. Let's get a break in. Got to do that. It's early in the show. Uh, again, Eddie Van Halen died yesterday. Uh, we opened up the show with a little bit of a tribute to him. And uh, this is a huge news story here dealing with uh, the the the, the uh, Obama uh, campaign, the Clintons, the uh, Bidens, and of course the exoneration completely, as far as I'm concerned, of President Donald Trump. All right, so uh, here's what's coming up the rest of uh, today. Uh, this uh, first hour, I want to go over the major stories of uh, the morning. Of course, uh, I just went over the number one story, and that is now it's now without a doubt. Hillary Clinton is the person who uh, was financing, planning, and executing the Russian hoax. She she did did it all, and it was to uh, redirect people's uh, uh, looking at her uh, scandal using that uh, uh, what was it the e- the email uh, I can't think of the name now I'm, I'm lost here anyway. She uh, had been using a, uh, uh, a methodology where it was not protected and uh, all kinds of uh, intelligence was going around in her emails, her server. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for, uh, for her server. Also, we know now that the intelligence agencies knew about it. Brennan who's denied it, denied it, denied it, denied it. Now his notes come back to bite him in the hushka. And he's got a problem. He's lied in front of uh, uh, Congress. Should be held in contempt. We'll see if that happens. Uh, And he briefed Obama on it. And, of course, Obama and Biden have lied about that. Said they didn't know anything about it. Here's what's interesting. No one seems to care, right? It comes out, you Adam Schiff didn't get up in front of the cameras and say, you know, 
we understand now that uh, we were fed a a bunch of malarkey. No, you don't say that. Where's Rachel Maddow? I mean, she tried to make her career the last four years off of that. I mean, every night, Rachel Maddow. New, I got new information for you. Well, it was all BS, Rachel. See if she comes out and says anything about it. I mean, this is a huge bombshell. As far as I'm concerned, this is bigger than Watergate. And I thought Watergate was big when the president of the United States tried to cover up uh, a two-bit uh, break-in. But that wasn't the case. The case is this is much bigger than that because this is the president of the United States, his former secretary of state, his vice president, the intel agencies that worked for him trying, trying to, to sink the presidency of the United States. A lot of people should go to jail. Nobody will. I wouldn't hold your breath about it. I'm just telling you, I doubt anybody will. But this tells you how corrupt Washington has become and has been for probably years now. Uh, Mark Levin says, quote, caught red-handed. This is big. Way back on March 2nd, 2017, I said Obama had to have known. And, uh, you know, we all have said that. We all have said that. You don't uh, keep uh, that kind of stuff going without the, uh, the highest people knowing about it and throwing their weight behind it and that's that's what occurred well the growth of adults holding permits to uh, carry concealed guns uh, has surged 34 percent over just the past uh, four years and the rush to get one has resulted in long lines as some counties now here in the united states have faced cutbacks due to the coronavirus crisis. John Lott's Crime Prevention Research Center revealed that there are 19.4 million permit holders in the United States, 820,000 more than in last year. He found that women and minorities are leading in the new applications. And women are going out well you've heard jan talk about this she talks about this a lot she she can't keep up with the number of uh, women who are trying to keep to get their uh, their concealed carry permits and buying uh, their handguns so they can protect themselves i mean all you got to do kind of watch television and see some of the breakouts that we have as far as violence goes in the cities uh, I mean, uh, if you're a woman here in uh, central Arkansas and you saw the uh, video of uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, the Antifa people uh, s- spreading out over 630 and shutting down 630 a few uh, weeks back, you know, what would you do if that happened to you? And a lot of people have gotten their... Uh, uh, 
concealed carry because of that. By the way, tomorrow, Ed Monk will join me uh, starting at 7 o'clock and then be with me again in the 6 o'clock hour to talk about what you should do if that does happen to you. What happens if you turn a corner and find yourself in the middle of uh, chaos? We're going to talk about that tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we got to get to the news next. Let's do that right now. All right, so I uh, told you that uh, the uh, concealed permit uh, onslaught continues. We're up by uh, about 820,000 from uh, last year. And John Lott found that uh, women and minorities are leading in the new applications, and that just makes sense to me. Permits for, quote, permits for women and minorities continue to increase at a much faster rate than for either men or whites, he said. That finding parallels uh, reports from gun stores that women and minorities are buying weapons and signing up for concealed carry classes at a brisk pace. You know, as far as minorities go, they know that uh, they're cutting back on police uh, and things of that nature, and they're looking to do even more so, and uh, they want something for protection, for uh, self-protection. Uh, so uh, the, the concealed carry permits going up. The authority on the issue, Lot said that the growth has slowed recently as states have curbed issuing permits due to cutbacks from the coronavirus crisis. In other words, telling uh, stores, you know, since you can't social distance, you can't sell guns. Uh, Cam Edwards' bearing arms site said that with requests for the permits surging and uh, coronavirus mitigation efforts limiting office work, lines and wait times to get one have also increased. He noted that, uh, for instance, in Allegheny, Allegheny County in Pennsylvania, and by the way, you know, they keep saying Biden uh, is leading big in Pennsylvania. So I don't buy it. It's, it's it's looking at these stories like this to tell me that probably isn't happening. Because if people are flocking to the gun stores to buy a handgun or even a long gun, that means they don't feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, I don't believe that they're looking to Joe Biden to protect them. I think that uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt, President Trump is the law and order guy here. Applicants have to wait until March to get a carry license now in Pennsylvania. More than 9% of the 209 million adults in the United States have a permit to carry a concealed weapon. So, hey, if you're a, if you're a thief, if you're... If you're somebody who preys on people, know that you got a 1 in 10 chance of somebody drawing down on you. And the number of people who carry a concealed weapon is likely much higher than that because several states don't even require a permit. According to Lott's report, 17 states no longer provide data on all the people who are legally carrying a concealed handgun because people in those states no longer need a permit to carry. Some other highlights out of his report. Alabama has the highest concealed carry rate at 28.5%. So if you want to rob somebody, you know you got a one in four chance of getting shot there. 
Uh, Indiana is second with 18.7. Five states now have over 1 million permit holders. As the number of permits have gone up, violent crime has decreased slightly. So um, keep uh, keep all of that in mind, uh, especially if you're uh, a person who uh, is a criminal, because your life depends on it, just so you'll know. Makes me feel good to know that uh, they're, they're taking good chances of uh, people are taking uh, their own uh, self-defense in uh, in their own hands. Virginia is showing some real problems. Uh, there's been break-ins of mailboxes. Break-ins of six U.S. Postal Service drop boxes have raised new concerns about ballot theft as the country rolls into the 2020 election and people are encouraged to cast mail-in ballots because of the coronavirus crisis. I just heard, I, I clicked up uh, the, uh, the big screen here during the break, uh, listening to, to Fox News, and Kilmeade had um, a columnist on from the New York Post, and they were talking about voting, and uh, they said that polls and take this for what it's worth. The polls were showing that two-thirds of Democrats were saying they were going to vote by mail. I have a hard time believing that's going to happen, but maybe it is. Uh, And only, and less than 50% of Republicans. So that's that's very interesting, and it's disconcerting when we're hearing these stories about, you know, um, ballots showing up in ditches and stuff. The uh, Postal Service said the boxes in the central Virginia area around Richmond appear to have been opened by crowbars. Quote, we received calls from several post offices that our blue boxes located at the post office had been tampered with. It appears that we've had some level of mail stolen from these blue collection boxes. Okay, now they don't know whether what was in those boxes. Was it ballots? Was it just people's everyday mail? Was it, you know, uh, Social Security checks? What was it? Oh, they don't know. It's not like uh, the, the mailboxes takes a picture of every piece of mail that's dropped into them. Uh, President Trump and his surrogates have been warning against mail-in voting and suggested it could be targeted by thieves and fraudsters. Uh, in reaction to the Virginia theft, Freedom Works President Adam Brandon raised new concerns. He said it'd be a lie to say that our electoral system was over or ever 100% fraud proof. Bad actors are always looking for a way to commit fraud, but it's clear that the push for widespread voting by mail is opening the door to heightened threats to election integrity. This cycle, bad actors need only find the nearest uh, mailbox. What happened in Virginia is a product of the push, this cycle, for widespread voting by mail. This year, with large uh, areas of the electorate encouraged to vote via mail, we are likely looking at just one of many possible ballot harvesting incidents to come. 
incidents like these exact a toll on the public's faith in the electoral process, said Brandon. And uh, I would agree with that. That's why I say if you're a Trump supporter, make sure you go to the poll uh, that uh, you're supposed to go to and, and vote in person and make sure uh, you do. I'm going to do mine on the 19th on first day that, you know, uh, early voting starts here in Arkansas. I'll stop at my polling location and cast my vote after I get off of work. And uh, that way it's done and I'm finished with it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do that because if a huge amount of Trump supporters goes out and votes and uh, he runs out to a big lead, then uh, when he gets to when you when you look at how many how many uh, mail in ballots do you have, it's going to be real difficult to make up the difference after that part of the election so just know going to the poll and voting is uh very very important for uh for you to do that's just something that i believe that uh trump supporters are going to have to come to you know uh, uh, uh you just got to understand that that's important for you to do to try to mitigate this whole mail-in voting stuff uh, looking at one last story here for you that I got. Uh, most FBI gun checks ever thus far this year with three months still to go here in the year. Uh, this is uh, Paul Bedar. Uh, even as the availability of guns and ammunition dries up, and, and, and the shelves are pretty thin. I was out at Bass Pro yesterday. I went in uh, this weekend. I'm going to go out and put a couple of uh, boxes of shells two and three quarters inch 12 gauge shells through my new 12 gauge shotgun just to make sure i get a feel for how it works and you know what to expect and uh that uh, there's no problem with it uh shells are pretty thin uh 12 gauge was pretty good 20 gauge was good as far as shotguns went uh thin on a lot of other uh caliber for handguns especially though and prices uh, are up they definitely are up with uh two million eight hundred ninety two thousand one hundred and fifteen checks added last month by the way i was one of those uh the uh, fbi's national instant criminal background check system broke the 22 year record set last year and there are still three more months left to count the fbi today said that it had conducted 28,826,499 background checks for gun purchases and other related services through September. For all 12 months of uh, 2000, the FBI conducted 28,369,000 and change. So we're half a million ahead of that right now. While the uh, number is not a one-for-one indication of gun sales. The NICS number is used to gauge sales of pistols, rifles, and shotguns. I fell in the latter category. Uh, Stores around the country have been reporting empty shelves, which has been frustrating customers, and it's no better online as even the major gun makers have an 8 to 12-week waiting list. 8 to 12 weeks. Wow. 
that tells me a lot of people don't feel safe. And again, that goes into my belief that a lot of people are going to be showing up and voting for Donald Trump. Our sales exceeded all of last year's midway through September, so I can confidently say we have moved into a new era in the gun business, said uh, Justin Anderson, the marketing director of Hyatt Guns in Charlotte, North Carolina, one of the nation's largest gun stores. We're excited to see lots of new gun buyers. Women continue to be our fastest-growing sales segment, just ahead of who? African-Americans. And then they're asking people if they're liberal or conservatives. Liberals are number three. Young, number four, old, uh, uh, at the very end. So uh, that just gives you a heads up what's going on as as far as gun sales go, as far as uh, concealed carry permits go. All right, let's get a break in. Final break for this hour. Don't forget, coming up at seven minutes, six, seven minutes after uh, seven o'clock, it will be Congressman French Hill. We'll talk to him, and uh, we're going to talk to him about Amy uh, Barrett, the confirmation hearings start Monday. We'll talk about the vice presidential debate that happens tonight. You can hear it right here on 101.1 FM. The answer will start our coverage at 7 o'clock. So you can listen to uh, Vice President uh, Pence and Senator Harris debate each other. She's running for vice president uh, on the Democrat ticket. So that's coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. All right, so don't forget again, tonight at 7 o'clock, we will have the vice presidential debate live from Utah here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. I'm going to continue telling you that for the next uh, hour uh, and keep you up to date on that. And then I'll tell you at 6 o'clock, too. Well, Joe Biden has been raising eyebrows again with remarks he made to a group of, quote, beautiful young ladies, unquote, during a campaign stop in Miami while paying a visit on Monday to the Little Haiti Cultural Center, Biden closed his remarks by quipping to the crowd, quote, the good news is for me, I'm here. The bad news for you is I'm coming back, unquote. He then spotted a gathering of young girls uh, to the side, quote, and I want to see these beautiful young ladies. I want to see them dancing when they're four years older, too, Biden pointed out, sparking laughs and oohs from attendees. Cell phone footage from another angle of Biden's remarks shows who the former VP was addressing, which appeared to be two young girls sitting off to the side. The footage went viral, sparking allegations from some of the vice pre, former vice president's creepy behavior. Look, he's been doing this forever, this kind of stuff. Uh, when asked for comment, the Biden campaign provided a link to Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution and highlighted he shall hold his office during the term of four years. Okay. Uh These weren't the only Biden remarks that caused a stir on social media this week. A resurfaced clip from a September 15th campaign event showed the Democratic nominee suggesting why people were able to quarantine during the coronavirus pandemic. Quote, they're saying, geez, 
The reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman woman was able to stack the grocery shelf, Biden is heard saying in the clip. Unbelievable. Because we know that that's what black women are best known for is stacking the grocery shelves. It is um, typical Joe. All right. I saw where I and I didn't pick up. I don't have time to look, but I and I don't have time to pick it up. Did you see where uh, a state has brought has indicted Netflix about their uh, that movie Cuties? Yeah, good. I'm glad more states ought to do it. Give them some crap about it. It's uh, that, that that's a sexualizing young children is not a good thing to do. It just is not a uh, right thing to do. And Netflix did it. They're, they're standing behind their movie, by the way, just so you know. Uh, they, we stand behind our movie. So that's uh, that's what the Netflix is saying. Have I watched it? Nope. Don't intend to. Don't intend to watch it. Uh, all I had to do was see the way that they were out there uh, promoting it to know that it wasn't something that I wanted to take uh, into market. Uh, this weekend, we're going to get some rain from Delta, uh, Hurricane Delta. Hurricane Delta has made its way across the Yucatan and is now into the Gulf. Uh, it has lost some of its power, but they expect it to uh, gather speed again. Uh, over the next uh, day or two before it makes landfall. Uh, They say it could be a Category 4, more likely a 3. The storm is going to take uh, uh, an eastward eastward turn uh, after it uh, makes landfall somewhere uh, along the southeastern, the southwestern, uh, border of Louisiana, poor Louisiana. You know they're like ground zero for this stuff. They they are the. You know where we're we're ground zero for tornadoes. They're ground zero for hurricanes. Uh, I had heard earlier uh, in the week that they were saying it was going it was heading towards Mobile, but it has moved further. Uh, to the west so it's not going to hit mobile if it hit mobile it would be hitting mobile just a few weeks after sally literally uh drowned them uh over there all right let's get uh, a, a final break here we got news coming up uh the congressman will be with us uh when we get back and of course that is uh, uh french hill and then uh, dorcas will join us from the uh, union rescue mission they've got a virtual auction going on to raise money uh, for that and the Dorcas House. We'll talk about that at 735. Boy.
For the second hour, it is Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday, and that's always a good thing. And Wednesday also means that it is Congressman French Hill Day. He always joins us on Wednesday and uh, give us some uh, gives us some insights into what's going on up in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, Congressman, yesterday the uh, Dow Jones dropped uh, about uh, 400 points, I think it was, uh, give or take. And the reason it fell is because the president said uh, and told McConnell, said, hey, look, I don't want to do anything else about, uh, you know, money for COVID or anything else. I want to get Amy Barrett confirmed as the Supreme Court judge. And the market didn't take well to that. But I understand what he's saying. There's him. There's some things that are more important than, uh, you know, putting some money together. Would you agree? Well, good morning. Uh, first, I would say that uh, we do need uh, support uh, for our small businesses. And I think what the president's signaling is two things. One, he wants to get uh, a new justice confirmed, and there are only so many days of Senate time. Uh, that's true. But while the Senate committee, Judiciary Committee, is considering of this new justice's confirmation, they could do a consensus bill in the Senate and pass it, send it to the House for uh, the financial support I think our small businesses need. So I think we can do both. I think what the president's really signaling, Dave, is the frustration of the typical Lucy and Charlie Brown approach of nancy pelosi she doesn't intend on giving donald trump a victory before the election yeah she she's stringing all away yeah you're, you're right yeah yeah she's just stringing steve mnuchin along by saying oh we i've come down a trillion dollars from 3.5 trillion to 2.5 trillion when economists i've taken hearings uh, witness testimony and my oversight committee responsibility uh, the Senate passed a, a bill uh, around $600 billion, and somewhere between that $600 billion targeted number and a trillion dollars is more than enough uh, to get the uh, virus killed and the economy uh, back open, and Nancy Pelosi's at $2.5 trillion. So she's rejected offers over a trillion dollars from Steve Mnuchin. She's not serious. Well, she, she knows that. If she offers a bill and to you all and then passes it with just Democrats, that the, that the Republicans are going to shoot it down in the in the Senate if it has so much money just for, you know, cities and states that they need more money when they haven't even spent the money they've been given. Right. Well, she's done that consistently since since June. She passed three point five trillion. Uh, it had 16 year old voting. It had checks for illegals. It had uh all this ridiculous stuff it has nothing to do with the pandemic in it, and she did it uh, two weeks ago. She passed uh, $2.5 trillion. These are not serious bills to help to kill the virus or help the country recover. These are just messaging bills, and that's why I don't think she has any intention of giving the president or Steve Mnuchin a victory, or I would say the small businesses, hotels, 
uh, families that are still struggling. She is uh, completely cynical about this process. Is she going all in? Is she pushing all of her money, all of her chips in the middle of the table, thinking seriously that they're going to win the Senate back and the White House? 100 percent. That's what she's doing. She's uh, pouring money into the elections to beat uh, all the Republicans. She's pouring, uh, helping coordinate money to go to the Senate to beat the senators. And she's betting that uh, Joe Biden's the next president. She can design whatever stimulus she wants, plus government takeover of health care, plus the Green New Deal, plus all of her other priorities like uh, federal election funding and taking over federal elections from the states. Amazing. Amazing. That's you got you got to tell you I I my watcher I don't see her tell. She honestly thinks she's going to win it all. I don't I honestly believe she's not going to to be honest with you. Uh, d- just uh, your your own thoughts. Uh, the president came down with COVID-19. Did that hurt his campaign? Well, I think it threw his campaign uh, momentum off. I do. Uh, But look, the president's a strong guy. He uh, says that uh, he got the best treatment. He's uh, recovering. He's still in his quarantine period. I was glad to see him bounce back at age 74. It shows you that people that age bounce back from this disease. And this is the whole thing you and I have talked about now for six months. 99.975% of people are are going to potentially, that are infected, are going to be uh, cured. They're going to recover. This is uh, absolutely panicked the American population uh, like no other public health crisis we've ever had. Not in 2009, not in 1969. Does it worry you that Americans have been willing to give up freedom so easily? Uh, yes, in many ways, but also I think Americans are team-oriented. We work on a team. We are happy to cooperate. We want to get the best outcome for the most people. We want to uh, win. And we relied on the recommendations in February and March, mostly March and April, from uh, the University of Seattle, Washington, and, and all these people said that 3% of the population uh, connected with getting infected were going to die, which was, uh, you know, inaccurate, terribly inaccurate. Yeah, terribly. And yeah. we just panicked people to death when we should have taken the approach of now that we have uh, hindsight. If we knew in March what we know today, we would have handled this matter entirely differently, entirely differently. And we would not have shut down our economy, and we would not have put our nursing home residents at the risk that they had. All right. A question about yesterday uh, on the Russian hoax, the Russian probe. A lot of information came out yesterday, Congressman, and it is damning information of Hillary Clinton President Obama, Vice President Biden, Brennan, and all the rest of the the the, the deep swamp people up there in Washington D.C. Uh, are the American people going to pay attention to this? I sure hope so. I hope so. This is what we've been talking about for almost four years now. That the Russia accusations against the president were unfounded; they were a hoax, and they were planted by the Hillary Clinton campaign. And yet, the Democrats and the media, backing the Democrats, spun the story exactly in reverse. And it's just been a tragedy of millions and millions of dollars spent uh, over the Mueller probe, which proved nothing. 
and uh, the media covering up essentially the Democratic campaign that planted the dossier, that got the whole story going, and that was ratified by John Brennan, uh, the President Obama's lead intelligence officer. It's just heartbreaking to me that uh, people can't see the truth, uh, even though we've been talking about it for four years. And it also came out, all this came out also in the uh, ridiculous uh, impeachment uh, debate as well yeah but now they've got written they've got written documents that prove it well we appreciate new intelligence director uh, radcliffe uh, declassifying these documents this was something that will show the uh, american people i think what really happened during the transition between the trump admin- the obama administration to the trump administration hey when today when you get a chance would you go by adam schiff's office and knock on the door and say hey adam Adam, what do you think about that information yesterday? Well, uh, he's done everything he can to block it, and Radcliffe is too smart for him. And yeah. So the truth, the truth is going to come out now. I just hope it comes out in time for Americans to recognize that as they cast their votes in, in a month. All right. Let's talk about uh, the whole thing about House Republicans' commitment to America agenda holding China accountable. We didn't talk enough about that last week. Let's talk about it today. China is a real threat. It's not an existential threat. It's a real today threat going on here in the world. Well, we see it. um, I think Americans have seen it on our campuses where we've arrested professors who are spying for China. Uh, I mean, how shocking is that across the country, not just at Harvard, but at the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. We've seen what China has done to the third world. They're now the third world's largest creditor, and they are a predatory lender. They're just like a predatory lender with neo-colonial powers, and they're bankrupting uh, poor countries around the world. And under the guise of building amusement parks or (laughs) – it's just comical sometimes – building amusement parks or – Uh, tourist sites. They're attempting to take over every major port in the United States uh, and around the world to uh, monitor what goes in and out for national security purposes and to try to dominate certain markets for minerals, strategic minerals, and for agricultural products. And then, of course, we know what they've done in the medical supply chain by dominating the active ingredients that go into many, many of our pharmaceuticals around the world. Yeah. So those are just some of the things they're doing. This is not, I haven't even mentioned building up their Navy, building up their Space Force, uh, building up their ability to spy through technology. Yeah, all that is, uh, they're spending a whole lot of money on all of those areas. By the way, a tweet coming out from uh, donald trump the house and senate should immediately in all caps uh, approve 25 billion dollars for airline payroll support and 135 billion dollars for paycheck protection program for small business both of these will be fully paid for with unused funds from the cares act have this money i will sign it now Yep, and that's right. And that's why what he did yesterday, uh, Dave, uh, even though he's frustrated, hey, I get the frustration. I I have to deal with Nancy Pelosi every day, but I get the frustration. But 
these are the narrow targeted things that we can do to help the economy recover. There's what I've been talking about since June and been actively pushing, trying to get the Democrats on board since uh, the 1st of, uh, of August. <laughs> and last week, look, the Democrats have broken with Nancy Pelosi. 23 of them wrote her a letter saying she was being unreasonable. She was blocking help to small business and workers in this country, and she needed to settle for a small targeted package. And I think they'll vote with us if we can move them. And this is why we need uh, President Trump to have a, a, a consistent message on this to press uh, Nancy Pelosi, who's the one who's blocked additional assistance now for 90 days. All right. We've got to get a break in, Congressman. Congressman French Hill is our guest right now. Let's take a break. And then we'll come back and finish up our conversation with him about the uh, VP debate tonight. And we can talk about a few other things as well. Our special guest is, of course, Congressman French Hill. He's with us uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show each Wednesday. We'll get right back to talking with him. I need to remind you about PI Roofing. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They will take good care of you of getting your roof fixed. In fact, Elizabeth yesterday had PI Roofing out uh, to her house uh, while she was on the air and they called her and said, yeah, you had some hail damage. Uh, we're going to be able to fix that, and they're going to take care of it for her. And she was extremely, ecstatically excited about that because they take care of all of it. They look, look, they deal with your insurance and all of that. All of that was taken care of. I don't know when they're going to do the work. I don't know how that's going to happen. But I know that she was really, 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 really uh, you know, excited about it. You can be excited like that too. All you have to do is call them. Use the same number I use, 707 3551. 707 3551, or go to com on the internet. All right, back with us, the, uh, the congressman. Congressman, you had a, a story about a veteran here in Arkansas. Well, I tell you what, yeah, it's my, one of my most important jobs is taking care of the 50,000 veterans in the central Arkansas area. And over the last five and a half years, I've gotten $23 million back for them in earned benefits. But last week was so touching. It was a 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon call. Young family in Conway wanted to have an honor guard at their grandfather's funeral. He was a decorated Pacific War veteran from World War II and they couldn't quite get it organized through their funeral home. And uh, my team, led by David Carnahan, swung, uh, swung into high gear and got that done for them for that Saturday morning funeral. And wow. that's the kind of work we do every week. I love it. I love to honor our veterans and their families. And this was a special day for that family, and I'm so grateful we were able to get that done for them. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that's a big deal. It's not an easy thing to put together together. But number two, it means so much to the family. Oh, gosh. You know, it is. And this was a family that loved the heritage of their patriarch and his service in the Pacific. And they wanted to honor him in that last moment uh, at his funeral. And, and it, we did it. And it was a, a terrific day and so proud to be a small part of it. All right. We've got about five minutes left. Let's talk about uh, the vice presidential debate which is uh, happening tonight. We'll be carrying it live here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, at 7 o'clock. The vice president not happy that uh, he and Harris are going to be like 12 and a half feet apart, and they're going to put a (laughs) plexiglass between the two of them. I mean, 
And I, I don't get that, but they're going to do it. The Democrats are trying to do everything they can to keep people scared uh, about what's happening uh, with the pandemic. So uh, what do you feel the vice president will do tonight? Well, look, uh, Mike Pence is a fine uh, man. He's been an outstanding vice president. He has a full handle on our foreign policy priorities, our trade priorities, how to rebuild this economy, how to restore the health of the uh, country. He's led the way since uh, the president asked him to head up the coronavirus task force. He knows all about Operation Warp Speed, how the president is speeding therapeutics and the vaccine to the American people. And he also knows the failings of the Biden-Harris proposals Mm -hmm. in detail. I mean, Senator Harris is the most liberal senator as rated in the U.S. Senate by her voting record. She's for the Green New Deal, which will raise energy prices for all of our homes in Arkansas. She is for a single-payer government takeover of our health care, eliminating private health insurance over time. She has backed Bernie Sanders' uh, policies inside the uh, Democratic Party. And she was one of the people who attacked, you know, Judge Barrett when she was nominated for the Court of Appeals simply because she's Catholic. So uh, this is uh, Mike Pence, smart, articulate, studied against uh, Kamala Harris, who is a very far left person from California. It ought to be fun to watch. Yeah, I, you know, Kamal Harris, she's got some real problems, and uh, she's going to try to zero in on COVID nineteen. But there's so there are so many issues to be dealt with. Uh, she's in serious trouble. I mean, I would expect that the vice president is going to ask her about the things that she said about Vice President Biden during the time they were running against each other for uh, the nomination. And just saying, well, it was, you know, we were running for uh, a particular, you know, um, uh, vice presidential spot and you say things. That's just not going to cut it in the debate. No, I mean, come on. Joe Biden has a record of supporting uh, segregationists. Joe Biden has a record of, uh, in, you know, terrible uh, crime prison practices that penalizes the African-American community. He's a total hypocrite on this issue. And Joe Biden's proposing a $4 trillion tax increase on America. 80% of families would see their taxes go up under the Biden-Harris plan. And this, if we want to rebuild the economy, and that's why I think Trump, Pence, and Republicans in Congress are the best way to get our economy back to its 50-year record that we had in January before we were hit by the virus. Uh, Biden and Harris's programs will not rebuild the economy quickly. And in fact, they'll hurt it. They'll hurt American family budgets, and they'll hurt the national growth. All right. Appreciate your time, Congressman. Uh, All the best, my friend. We'll get you See next you week. Have a good one. Right. Bye-bye, Don. All right. So Congressman French Hill, who sounds like he was battling allergies a little bit this morning and uh, got through that interview. I was going to let him go there for a few moments because he was really struggling uh, as far as uh, uh, some drainage, it sounded like to me. But, yeah, tonight's inter- uh, tonight's debate's going to be uh, good. It's going to be entertaining because it's going to be a debate. It, this is not going to be like, uh, you know, the debate last week. It's going to be much more right down the middle as far as a debate goes. Uh, and uh, 
I expect uh, that Mike Pence, Vice President Pence, will do very well tonight. Uh, As I've told you many times, uh, I know Mike. I worked with Mike in Indianapolis. We were both talk show hosts at the same time in Indianapolis and got to be pretty good friends. And we're working on getting him on the air. We've been working since he became vice president, but getting him on is not easy. He doesn't have a lot of time, especially right now when he's heading up the COVID-19 task force and all of that. He's a, he's a busy, busy guy. And right now he's not talking to anybody because he's prepared himself for uh, the debate for tonight. Saw where uh, Governor Walker of uh, Wisconsin was the guy that he ha- asked to come and help him prepare for it. And uh, Walker is a great debater as uh, well. All right, let's get to Rush. He's up next. And when I come back, Dorcas Van Gleest will be with us from the uh, Union Mission. They've got some stuff going on to help them make some money to keep the Union Mission working. All right, we continue on. Uh, A group of people that I love supporting are Dorcas House and the uh, Union Mission. And here's the reason why. All of the money they use to uh, support, uh, you know, homeless people, people who have been uh, battered by spouses and things of that nature uh, is donated by you. They don't take any money from the federal government. None. Not a penny. No money whatsoever. So it's very important to listen to what they're about. Uh, I'm going to hear from Dorcas here. Dorcas Van Gleese going to join us. She's the head of the Union Mission and uh, the Dorcas House. And uh, she's got some really important things to tell you because uh, with COVID-19, 2020 has not been kind to uh, their their organizations. Dorcas, thanks for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good morning. I was going to say, in all fairness, we did get a little help from the government just for COVID. I said it was the only nice thing COVID did for us. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but that was it. Yeah, your your night on the street uh, didn't uh, wasn't able to go no. the way it usually is. That, that's no, a big deal. No, it was literally deal. that week. Yes, it was that weekend. It's our, it's our largest fundraiser. And there were still people who gave and were really appreciative, but, I mean, it wasn't anything like what it usually is. I mean, it was like one-third to one I mean, no, like one six, maybe. Anyway, it was not nearly as much as what it usually is. And um, so it's imperative that we really um, do this. We only have two a year, do this next fundraiser well. And, you know, usually we have this uh, strikeout against domestic violence. Right. And we have people come and bowl at Millennium Bowl. We have a silent auction. Well, clearly that wouldn't work this year either. So we're actually doing an online auction. Yeah, I know. And, um, uh, I was looking at this, and you've got some huge, huge deals here. Yes, yes. I mean, there's this. I mean, honestly, this is the best by far, the best auction we've ever had. Usually, we have about you know thirty to forty items, and that's a lot. But this time, we have over a hundred and fifty. And um, I could, I mean, I could go ahead and say, like, if you love Sissy's Log Cabin, Stephen Lago's jewelry, as I I love, um, there's. There's two bracelets by Stephen Lagos. I think one is worth like two fifteen. The other one's worth three fifty. So they retail at. Um, I mean, there's paintings by original artists. One being my my sister Joanna um, Reed, who is actually commissioned to do uh, the portraits of the bishops for the Episcopal Church. Um, and this is a print of one of her paintings that is probably probably her most uh, popular painting called River Baptism. 
and it, she painted it from a um, from a photograph that my parents had of an actual river baptism back in the 1920s. Wow! And but yeah, and then there's gift certificates like um, you know Arthur's Steakhouse and Oceans, and so Jerry gave us a, a gift certificate for dinner for four at Oceans. Wow! Um, honestly. I know, and I've never been there. It's worth two hundred dollars, so I'm, I'm like, I'm up for that. Ava Bella Day Spa, a two hundred fifty dollar, um, incredible spa package, which I'd say honestly, that's my favorite spa place to go as far as for you know massage and facials and everything like that. Um, and they have for years come in and volunteered at the Dorcas House, donated to the Dorcas House. I mean, so precious. Um, there's art pieces. There's a huge smoker grill. Um, one of the ones that's egg-shaped. Um, and we also, and of course, we have sponsors. And uh, Smith Family Funeral Homes, we love them. Infinity Scrubs, um, Bayou Metal Buildings, um, uh, one of the Rodan and Fields uh, companies. I mean, it's just, it, there's so many wonderful sponsors who really believe in what we do and appreciate what we do with all the women and children at the Dorcas House. And again, again especially since it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Has this, so one of, you know, let me just ask, how how has the COVID-19 affected the Dorcas house? I mean, is this like shut your house down? I mean, like nobody comes in and out? Or you got airlocks and all kinds of stuff? Well, we had it completely shut down for quite a while, all during isolation. Wow. Because we have people who have really compromised health. One lady um, was fighting stage three breast cancer. She had to have a double mastectomy. Um she had to have um, chemo, and now she's still going through radiation. And that was, again, because she's pretty sure she had breast cancer, but her abuser didn't allow her to go to the get medical help, and that's not uncommon at all. And so as soon as she got to Zorka's house, she let us know. We sent her, you know, um, had a really precious team of women around Little Rock that really um, came alongside her. Um, but so she was going through treatment. We have one person there who's on, actually at that time we had two people on oxygen. And so um, we did not take any new uh, clients all during that time. We didn't even let volunteers come in. We were really, even the staff didn't come in. We came in via Zoom. Um, and, um, and sometimes I would go and have meetings with them out in the parking lot, you know, yeah. distancing from them. Um, and actually, most of the house did get COVID. We all, uh, I mean, a lot of us had it the first part of July. Thankfully, none of the people we were protecting got it. I mean, we d- we were able to keep all of them protected from it. And even one um, young woman who has a brittle diabetic, and she's never gotten it. And um, so, again, I mean, we took measures. The, uh, the Department of Health had called me and asked me, well, do you have these people quarantined? And I said, well, actually, we have them quarantined according to people who are positive with symptoms, people who are positive without symptoms, people who have symptoms that so far are negative people who don't have symptoms and are negative and she was like okay i was like yeah yeah we're doing it right right now (laughs) we are doing everything we can yeah we're doing it right so you had covid19 i did yeah my whole family did how did it go um it was i for me it wasn't bad at all um you know i don't know part of that's because i was already on hydroxychloroquine but um the only one that had any trouble was my husband and it was was my husband and it was the typical where was fine you know during it not many symptoms and then it hit about day eight nine where he started having some trouble breathing uh-huh. and just getting winded so he called his doctor 
and asked um, his doctor to be allowed to be on Pulmacourt to see if it helped. And she was like, absolutely, and let me know if it helps. Because she and David really respect each other medically. And um, he got it and took one dose of it. And he was like, Dorcas, my, it was like all his symptoms went away, probably 90%. Wow. Yeah. And so he became a big, um, I mean, a big champion for Pulmacourt for anybody, especially anybody that was having respiratory. And, um, but when my daughter had it, she had Pulmacourt. And again, it was like, even her sense of taste would come back for a while. Um, Just odd, the oddest thing. And by the way, on all those things you see where they say, all those government websites where they say, you lose your sense of taste and smell like you kind of do when you have a bad cold. And Uh anybody that's lost it is like, oh no, no, it's bizarre. Like, you either totally lose it, like you cannot taste, or like my daughter, one of my daughters said it made everything taste like salt water. Uh-huh. She was like, that's the only way I know to describe it. But like, it's like, it's gone, gone. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm stuffed up. Like there's, you know, no drainage, nothing. Just, I can't smell anything or taste anything. Yeah. I'm, I've, so, I've, I've been looking into having myself tested because at the beginning of the year, I had the worst case of flu that I've ever had. And my mm-hmm. wife had it as well. And I personally think I may have had COVID-19 uh, at yeah. that time. It was already around, just nobody really knew about it. Right. And and that's really, I mean, I've had flu that was much worse than, than COVID-19. Okay. I mean, I had fever and body aches for about two days. And then I just had like um, a headache, a kind of real persistent headache for about three days. Not like a migraine, just an annoying headache. And was really tired um, for like maybe another four or five days after that. But I mean, within a week, I I was pretty much back to normal. Of course, I didn't go back to work because we were, you know, all quarantined. I went back to work over the phone. Yeah. But um, yeah, and even like, you know, tiny baby Kezia, my granddaughter, who still isn't quite 10 pounds and she's seven months old. But even with them, the doctor said, we're really not worried about her getting it. We're worried about her mom getting it. Uh-huh. And she did. So we assume we assume all the kids have had it. The most okay. the, any of the little ones ever had was a slight fever and a runny nose. And Kezia never had any signs at all, even though she was, I mean, she was still breastfeeding um, at that time. And uh, Abby had it. Uh, but, yeah, one of our daughters never tested positive, but she did. She works with COVID patients. So after we all had it, she went and got tested again for the antibody. And she did have the antibody. Interesting. So, yeah. So she had had it. All right. Well, let me get you back to talking about the. Uh, auction that's coming up. When we come back, I'm going to take a quick break, then we'll come back and uh, you can tell people how they can access the action, the auction online, how they can make their bids and all of that. That's all coming up. Dorcas is with us from the Dorcas House and from uh, the Union Mission. We'll continue talking to her in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, if you want a great piece of jewelry for your significant other, wife or husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whomever it might be. Uh, I can't send you to a better place than to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Eric and his staff at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry put together the most original and the most artistic pieces of jewelry I've ever seen. And a lot of my uh, friends uh, have used them and have been nothing but ecstatic about them. Uh, And now's the time. If you want something unique, you need to get a hold over there and and get uh, to work on that piece of jewelry because they're going to make it 
from conception to realization. All right. In other words, what I'm saying, you're going to go over to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry in 3000 Cavanaugh, sit down and uh, using a computer, they're going to take all the information that you give them and design that piece of jewelry. Then Eric, who is a gemologist, is going to uh, talk to you about what kind of stones do you want? Do you want diamonds? Do you want emeralds? Do you want rubies? Do you want other kind of colored stones? Do you want chocolate diamonds? Uh, You know, what kind of cut do you want? And he's going to take all of that and fashion it, and you'll be able to look at this piece of jewelry that you're ordering in a 3D representation before it ever gets to you. But to get it ready, you got to get over there now and give Eric the time he needs to be able to fashion this wazoo beautiful piece of jewelry for you again it's 3000 cavanaugh that is where you want to uh to head on over to visit uh, eric and his staff or call and make an appointment to go in 501-246-3655 501-246-3655 because when you want the unique when you want the artistic when you want the best you go to designer designer hillcrest designer jewelry all right let's finish up our uh, conversation with with dorcas hey dorcas good to have you i'm glad you're with us uh tell everybody how they can partake in this auction because it sounds like to me you have some really great things to bid on Yes, absolutely. Some of them are even available for shipping. If you'd like for them to be shipped for you, obviously larger items or more breakable items would be picked up um, here in Little Rock. And so the easiest way right now is if you have Facebook to go to the Union Rescue Mission and then it's common and it's like Inc. because it's the Union Rescue Mission of Little Rock and um, versus other Union Rescue Missions around the United States. And um, and I think it even says Little Rock on it. But um it's here. You can get on our website, I mean, our um, Facebook page, and it's very easily accept- accessible. And um, you'll click on it, and then you register. Um, and there's, a, it's, again, easy registration. It's just like, you know, your name and your address, that kind of thing. Then um, the other way you can do it is we, for some reason, it's not showing up on our website currently. But if you want to go to our website, yourmissionlr.org, all of the staff are listed there, and I am very easy to find. I think I'm the only one with gray hair. Oh, no. <laughs> and, right. So if you want to email me, I'm going to be watching my email all day long, and I will respond and just have just send you the link immediately so that you can jump on. Now, this is going to go. It started at 8 o'clock this morning or starts at 8 o'clock this morning, so in about seven minutes, and it will go until midnight Saturday night, and that's when it will close down. And it even has the option of letting it text you if somebody has bid higher than you, which I think is kind of cool. And um, so that way you can keep up with it for the next couple of days um, as it's going on. And again, just remember all the money goes to the Dorcas house and all these items have been donated by amazing donors. I mean, there's their um, Razorback uh, baskets. There's, you know, like beauty baskets, date night baskets, baskets for kids. And it'll list specifically what all the things are in it besides all the, um, I mean, even there's a huge Paw Patrol toy, but there's um, patio furniture made by um, our carpenters, uh, the volunteer carpenter is teaching the men in our wood shop. 
There's some other side tables made by them that are just, they're just beautiful. There's also antique pieces. There's two antique rocking chairs. I don't know if you saw those. They are gorgeous. Um, there is an antique oak table, an antique card table. Um, trying to think what else. Um, there's tons of, um, like the phones that you can get, like a, a like Go phones and things like that, where you can get if you need um, an extra one or one for it. Because like I know at the Union Rescue Mission, we use these type for like our vehicles, so that nobody's ever without a phone if they need one. So wow. um, yeah, for like Straight Talk, different Verizon, um, it has those on there. And um, so honestly, just go through. Like I said, there's like there's over 150. Um, items on there so there's plenty to choose from and some people said to me i i can't afford to do that but what they uh, what you don't realize is a lot of times i mean with auctions you don't have to start high you know you don't have to start at the retail price they're generally not going to go above the retail price necessarily so um, mostly people are getting on there to kind of see if they can get a bargain and at the same time um, support the dorcas house so yeah spread the word to your friends it starts today um, and I'll send you the link, Dave, and if there's somewhere you can put it on your website, that'd be great, too. Well, I'll uh, I'll send it to Elizabeth, and we'll put it on my Facebook page, on, uh, and uh, people can go directly there. Hopefully, we'll have it Perfect. there by, uh, you know, if you'll send it to me uh, yeah. when you hang up, then I can get it over to Elizabeth, and she'll put it on my Facebook. I'll do it right away. You know, I'll help you. you so I much. will help you any way I can. Well, you and I have been doing this for over a decade, and yes. the the Dorcas House does so much good, and you know the the Union Mission does so much good, and you all deal with the spiritual as well as you know all the other things that you have to yeah. deal with, and that's fantastic. Mental, physical, the medical, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we and people come to us; they they stay with us for free the whole time they're there. Our programs are 9 to 12 months for domestic violence recovery, drug and alcohol recovery. They get counseling. Um, they do chores. We even have a certain amount of job training. They learn how to do a budget and do their resume and um, how to build their credit. But they also have classes and um, on how to deal with, you know, the things that, that they've gone through in life, um, the Christian 12 steps and um, childhood sexual abuse recovery there's just so much, and they get therapy, and then we make sure if they need to, they see a psychiatrist or they see doctors, um, and we take them there and bring them back. If they have to go in the hospital, we take them there. When they're discharged, they call us to go and pick them back up. And um, right now, we do have quite a few women at the Dorcas House and men at the Nehemiah House, and we also have quite a few babies. So somebody said, for having this many children, it's quiet. And I was like, well, it's just after lunch. So, like, the whole crew is napping right now. <laughs> we have two tiny babies. Oh, wow. um, one is just brand new yeah tiny um and then we have uh so twins that are about seven months and um I, and i think two three other small children um so there's yeah there's quite a few kids around well it, it, it's just as far as the dorcas house is concerned that is a a subject that is not talked about enough about the abuse that occurs and uh with marriage and and with girlfriends and in, in all and the rest COVID, of those. Yeah, and with COVID, COVID it's even has worse. Like, oh, it has like been like doubled at least in childhood, child abuse and in domestic violence. It's really, it's, it's, uh, oh, I mean, it's horrifying. No, keeping people and at so, home is not necessarily the best idea, is it? Oh, no, not when they are then with their abuser all day, every day, trapped in a stressful environment. And um, yeah, it's, it's bad. 
And so as soon as we begin to open it up, because, you know, people come in now, they're quarantined, they have to be tested before they can come out of quarantine and then held for a few more days, make sure they don't, you know, have any symptoms, and then they're able to go into the rest of the population of the house. So we're still trying to really handle it safely, but bringing in as many women as possible. Wow. Keep up the good work, all right? And uh, let's, as soon as, as soon as, uh, you know, this fear passes, and uh, whatnot. Let's get you in the studio and let's sit down and talk. How about you? You I'd look love forward it. to it. All right, because Christmas Thank is you, not sir. far away. No, it's not. All right. And people have already started asking. <laughs> All right, we'll have you on to talk about that as well. Send that link to me. I'll get it on my uh, Facebook it. page. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You right. too. Bye bye now. All right, Dorcas here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Great woman. Uh, the Dorcas House is not named after her. It's after uh, Dorcas in the Bible. It just so happened that the person who uh, takes care of that house and now takes care of the Union Mission as well is uh, Dorcas Vangelisi. She's just a special, special woman, and I am so lucky that I've gotten to know her over uh, the years. Help them out. Take part in their auction. goes until, uh, I think she said midnight Saturday night. So um, I'll get that link up on my Facebook page as soon as she sends it to me here at the Dave Ellswick Show. With that, let me take a break. I'll be back tomorrow live with you at 6 a.m., but I'll be with you in a recorded version at 6 p.m., and we're getting ready to put that together. Duck is here, and we'll be talking to him about cars. That's all coming up at 6 tonight on the Dave Ellswick Show. to the 6 o'clock segment of the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. And Duck is here today. Uh, Joe typically is here, but uh, family, uh, personal family uh, situation came up, and he will not be with us today. He'll be back with us next week. Uh, And uh, we send our regards out to uh, Joe and his wife. Uh, uh, I don't think Susan would mind me saying that her mother passed away. No, and, I don't and think they, so neither. They made their way to Georgia for the funeral arrangements, and so Joe will return next week uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But that's okay because Duck is here, and he more than adequately can do the job. Sometimes, yeah, usually, yeah. usually. How's your knee? Yeah, about the same. It's there. It's it, there. Is Still that walks, is that shot that they gave you? Is it working? Oh yes. Oh really? Oh yes. I can actually drive from the house to here and foot don't go to sleep. No, oh, well, that's good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, he said I probably have to have two of them in there to dissolve it completely, but yeah, it's working. Okay, so when are they saying the second shot is good? He said probably about two months. Oh, really? That long, huh? Yeah, well, as me and you both know, Dave, we're both diabetics. Yeah. And them shots jack my sugar sky high. I oh, seen some. They? 
three nineties, four fifteen. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. That that you don't want that. No, and I was steady taking insulin, but you know, one outweighs the other. When you get where you can't hardly walk, you know. Yeah, you go. You'll put up with it. And I had it for about two weeks. You know, not that high every day, but you know, I can just walk by and smell something cooking, and sugar would jump sky high. I mean, it's it's. I can drink unsweet tea. Yeah, and it basically ain't nothing but water. Yeah, and it'd go up with tannic acid. Yeah, and it'd go up. Yeah. You know, and but I've got it back down now. It's averaging about one thirty. Yeah, see, that's where I'm at now. For two weeks, my sugar was just crazy because my doctor decided that <coughs> metformin needed to be. I need to be off of it for some reason it's i mean it's considered the gold standard of treatment see i can't take metformin i can take metformin within 10 minutes i'm sick of my stomach puking yeah see i don't have that problem i i i was taking it and it was working great i'm saying my blood sugar was at 110 it was yeah. it was fantastic however it attacks your kidneys yep and my kidney functions were starting to show some problems and so she pulled me off of it and they put me on insulin and so i'm doing a shot every i'm doing a shot at night and it just it took my body three weeks to figure it it out yeah it it, when you switch medicines i mean it just it jacks you up it blows it because they don't understand where i'm at or what i'm doing or how come i've done this you know and you know and uh you know i i take novolog i take it i take 15 units before i eat every day and then I take a, a basicor. I take fifty units of it every night before I go to sleep. Yeah, see, I take basicor at night, yeah. I ta- and I take fourteen units. Yeah, see, I take fifty. Yeah, and so yeah, you can take up to eighty-eight. By yeah. the way, just so you'll know. But anyway, I was uh, I, I take that. I, I started taking that, and I'd get up in the morning and, and take my sugars, and it went from like one ten to one forty. That was the swing usually. To 225. Yep. And I called the, the second day it came up that way. I called the doctor and said, this ain't working. Yeah, this ain't right. And she said, give it time. Yep. Give it a couple of weeks and it, it gets in your system. And I don't know if it has to get in your system that long or if it just takes that long for it to start figuring out, okay, I can take care of this. Yeah, but, I know, have no idea. Same way with Novolog. When they put me on Novolog, uh, I went for two weeks and I'm thinking, this, this ain't working. You know, because my blood sugar, one minute I'd check it and it'd be sky high, and next minute I'd check it and it'd be low. You know, and so finally it leveled itself out. But I don't feel good when my blood sugar's down around 100. I mean, I... It, and you know what? That's 100 to to uh, 140 <coughs> is perfect. Now, you're at the lower end, I agree, so you might be feeling a little shaky from that. I get a, I get a headache in the back of my head. Really? A throbbing headache. when I, And when it gets high... I get a headache right above my temples. Right, so now, when you go when you go too long without eating, do you get irritated easy? Quickly. <laughs> my wife always says, "I know when you're really hungry." Yeah, I know when you're really hungry because I do. I get I get short with people. Yeah, and and that's not me. And and another thing too, if you, you know, if you listen to the diabetic doctor, they want you to eat five times a day. Yeah, I know. And two snacks. Yeah, I don't eat like that. No, that's what I tell the doctor. I say, you know, start with, I, I use it like yesterday. 
I got I stopped and got me eight chicken nuggets from Burger King and unsweet tea, and that's what I had for lunch yesterday. Riding down the road picking up parts. Yep. You know, because you're busy. Tuesday, uh, Monday, I drove 343 miles. Life happens. And yesterday, I drove a little over 200 miles picking up parts. Keeping your business going. Yes. And you got to do that. And and you got a lot of business going right now. Yes. I'm swamped and I need a truck mechanic badly, you know. If you're a truck mechanic, give them a call. What's the phone number over there? 501-778-2886 or 501-607-1965. That's my cell phone. If I don't answer it, it rolls over to the shop automatically. But talk to Russell or talk to Ashley and take give them your number and I'll call you right back. Yeah, get you know, if you need a gig, you can get a gig. It's not difficult, and you can make good money at Ducks. Dave, I feed my guys every Friday for lunch. Yeah, I, and he doesn't do that because he pays them so little during the no. week. That's not the reason he does no. it. I feed my guys because used to we'd go out on Fridays, and we'd all sit at one table and shoot the bull. You yeah. Know? Well, now you, they won't let you sit no more than four per table, so – Last week, we had uh, catfish from Riverside. Have it brought in? No, I cooked it. You know, you cooked it, Yeah, huh? I cooked it, and uh, we had hush puppies, french fries, and catfish, plus... Uh, Making me hungry, don't do this. I had some cookies and stuff, but, you know, it's just a perk that, you know, that my guys appreciate it, you know? And I got one guy hard from... He come from GM. He come over, and the first Friday we had lunch, he looked at me, he said, I've never worked nowhere where they feed me lunch. You like that, huh? I said, well, you know, it's part of the deal. So, But it's all right. I got okay. me a parts running guy. I'm supposed to start here in a few days. and So I'll train him for a couple of days, and I'll turn him loose on his own. Okay, now I have to tell everybody something. Uh, well, no, it's too late to tell them. It's about that, that lunch that I'm speaking at today. I was supposed to tell people that the only people who can attend are the people who are part of the uh, organization I'm I spoke to today. I've already spoke to him, just so you'll know. Just uh, that I've already spoke to him. So anyway, because this is at 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. So I screwed that up. (laughs) I screwed the pooch there, Heidi. I was supposed to say that during my show between uh, 6 and 8, but I didn't. Oh, well, we'll make it. it, If if a bunch of them show up, if if they had a bunch of people... Join their group. I bet you they're happy. They'd be tickled to death. They'll be they'll be excited. Anyway, I'm going to be out. Uh, I was out speaking at at Mike's. I think is where uh, the restaurant is uh, in Conway, and speaking to the Faulkner County Republican women. So I'm doing that. I'm doing that now. You know, when I this whole problem I have with my foot, I didn't go out and do uh, uh, speaking engagements. Now I'm doing them again. So if you have a nonprofit and you need, you know, if you're you know, a, a, a tail twister for the Lions Club or something like that, and you need somebody uh, to speak at a lunch or whatever, you can get a hold of me if you are one of the uh, Republican uh, uh, groups around and you're going to have a dinner and you need a speaker, I'm available again. It's always, I'm always looking forward to talking to folks about what's going on. Ducks here. Let's uh, take a quick break here. Uh, no, you want to take a break now or you want to wait, Heidi? Go four more minutes? Okay. Well, that means I I can get a question. Yeah. Read this top question, Dave, because this is 2002 Mitsubishi, because this this is something that we all run into. Okay. 
Uh, this is for a 2002 Mitsubishi Lancer, four-cylinder, two-liter. Rose says, my car has 212,000 miles, and I just had the motor mounts replaced Monday. As of Sunday night, when I drove the car to the garage, it was shifting fine and had plenty of power. When my son picked it up, he noticed that it does a slight bump when it shifts now, and when you give it gas, the RPMs go way up, but it has way less power, not making this up. The garage is very defensive, and they're trying to blame it on the parts that I supplied. I'm not going with that excuse since the parts are not mechanical or electronic. They can't even get their story straight about whether fluids were added or not. When someone there added transmission fluid, and now it's way over full. My husband is pretty familiar with the workings of car, but uh, cars, but he's not a mechanic. And he believes it's electrical as if something wasn't reconnected properly or something. It doesn't quite sound like it's because of the overall transmission fluid. Any thoughts on your part? Well, I, I've got two questions, Dave. And one of them, she she didn't put it in here, um, is a check engine light on. By it doing what it's doing, I'm going to say they didn't get the speed sensor plugged all the way up on the side of the transmission. Uh-huh. And that Lancer, you had to unplug the wire and harness and move it over to get the motor mount off, the back one off. It's probably not plugged on good. And the, and the transmission, Dave, as you know, this is a 2002, so it it has a transmission computer. If it don't read the speed sig- signal, right. it don't know what to do. It's confused. It's bad confused. And, and, and Rose, you know, it just explained to him, hey, it was working fine when I dropped it off, and this is what it's doing. I asked him just to check it. Just, hey, can you go in there to make sure everything is plugged up good, make sure everything is – and it could be that the motor mount was broken, let the warren harness lay down on something and rub a hole in it. And when they shoved it back up, the war finished breaking into. Right. That happens all the time, Dave, you know, but it's – you know, being overfluid, full, uh, full of transmission fluid, yeah, that ain't good for it. But you can suck. I got a deal. You can run down to pick up down down the field tube, take it right out. But just it's got electrical problems, and I'd like to know if the check engine light's on. Okay, most likely it is on. Having to scan it, it will throw the code up and tell you, hey, the speed sensor's not reading. You know. It could have got broke when it got put back together. Things happen all the time. You know that, Dave, and I know that. Yeah. You it's know, happened to me. The things know. happen to me. You know, you go in, you get one thing fixed, and something else goes wrong. And if you don't feel comfortable going back to them, take them to a certified center, tell them this same story, and yeah. have them to put a computer on it and check it. Get in it and go drive it down the road. You can go down the road and tell what it's doing. Here's the bottom line. You go to a certified service center, a bumper-to-bumper certified service center, and they're going to test. They will not guess. Well, I, this these little Mitsubishi, the parts are expensive for them, Dave. But you can take a computer, and you you can't see all the data on that 2000, but you can see a bunch of it. And the main thing you need to look at is the speed is the speed signal working. It may be working on the dash, but that don't mean it's getting to the ECM. Okay. And if it don't get to the ECM and TCM, it don't know what to do. It's bad confused, as you said. Yeah. All right. Just from somebody who's got many, many years of experience. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, Duck is with us. Uh, 
Remember, if you have questions, you have to send them in by mail. Just send them to Dave, or by email. Dave at SalemLR.com. Dave at SalemLR.com. No, I'm not harvesting ballots. I'm not doing that. Why not? So, yeah. So Dave Ellswick Show, more with Duck when we return. Right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, let's go on on the show today it's at uh, we're in six o'clock hour the dave ellswick show today's a wednesday and that means that joe and duck usually come on joe's out of town duck is here steven has a 1999 pontiac grand am gt six-cylinder 3.4 liter i bought my car off a friend and it was leaking from the plastic coolant tank so i've replaced it but notice that it still leaks and I have to refill it every other day. It kind of seems like it's coming out of this rubber piece that is at the bottom. I ordered my new one from AutoZone. That's your first problem. Uh, and uh, when it came, that rubber piece had like a piece of tape over it. Is that normal? Was I supposed to do something before installing it? The last tank didn't have every, anything there. It just seemed like an opening. If anyone has any advice, please help. I don't know anything really about cars. Now, you say this is normal for Grand Ams. Yes. Okay. That 3.4 liter, they're notorious about breaking headboats. Okay. And uh, probably that little piece of plastic that had the tape over it, Dave. Yeah. That's where the low coolant level goes. Okay. And it's going to leak until you put that low coolant... Go find your old tank and take the and it pops out of the rubber and you just pop it back in the other one and that's what turns the light on on the dash to you this little water. Okay, so, so he probably miss, threw away something important. He, huh? It's missing that piece and that's what and I, the rubber he's talking about ain't nothing but a rubber gasket and uh, you just pop it in there and then that's but he's missing that but them things are notorious and probably the reason he replaced the tank because it's got a blowed head gasket. Which means you need to have that fixed. Yeah, need to have head pulled. And don't be alarmed if they call and say, hey, it's got a broke head boat on the back head, and it's on the driver's end. That's common. I mean, I bet in my lifetime I've probably replaced three or 400 head gaskets because of a broke head boat. When you buy the headset, it comes with new boats. It's just common for them to break. How many miles do you figure you can get out of those head bolts? If they're going to break, about where well, where should you be worried about? It? When you get to when you replace them, they come with a different different style head bolt, uh-huh. and they don't have no more problem. Oh, one of those deals. Yes, they they put a different a head bolt, and the problem is the head bolt that's in it don't have a shoulder on it. Well, the one they replace it with has a shoulder on it because they know they've got trouble. So they fixed it. Yeah. They just didn't want to admit to it. They fixed it at, at, at the customer's experience, you know, expense. So, you know, but that's common for them. But that plug on the bottom of it, it needs a low water sensor back in it. I bet if you asked him if we could talk to him, the low water coolant light's on all the time. Not good. Yeah. But go find your old tank, pop it out, take it in a new one. If you can't find the old one, what do you do? Got to go to bumper to bumper and buy one. There you go. They'll take care of you. Yep. Just walk up and tell them what you need, and they'll they, help you out. They they got them. I, I bought them before from them, so I know they got them. You know, it's a little bit hard sometimes to find them, but a uh, good parts man can find them, and bumper to bumper has them. So, 
Well, if it's a good parts guy you're looking for, it's going to be at bumper to bumper. Yep. They have them, and so you know it's it's a uh, but just the best way to check that Dave is to go somewhere and let somebody do a hard hydrocarbon test on it. Got some little fluid you pour into a bottle, right? Got a little thing like you know, like you use at doctor's office check your blood pressure, right? You pump on it three or four times, pulls the air up into it, and if it turns yellow, see it goes in green. If it turns yellow, then it's got exhaust in it. If you had exhaust, you got a blown head gasket, (laughs) and most likely it's going to be a brokehead boat. Okay. If Joe was here, he'd have the same story. Yep. All right. He's done them just probably many as I have. All right. Something just to keep in mind. We got a couple of minutes before we got to take our break. We got news coming your way. Let me uh, remind you that here in just about a half hour, uh, we'll be carrying live the uh, vice presidential debate here at 101.1 FM, uh, the answer. (coughs) Vice President Pence and wannabe VP uh, Harris uh, will square off in Utah, and uh, uh, you can listen to it. Uh, as it unfolds right here on 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. And don't forget, uh, I'll be back on uh, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And uh, Seth Miller from the Arkansas GOP and uh, uh, JR uh, will be with us as well. And we will talk in the first segment about the uh, vice presidential debate. It, It will be the big news story. Or something like that uh, tomorrow. All right, so let's get a break in. News is next here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Let's continue here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show because you've been caught up now uh, with the, the news, and we can continue. Don't forget again, let me remind you again, coming up at the top of the hour, 7 o'clock, uh, we've got the vice presidential debate going to be on live right here at 101.1 FM, The Answer, so you can listen to it. Uh, If you can't get to a television, uh, you can listen to it right here on our radio station, The Answer. All right, with that said, Duck is here. Joe's not today. He is out of town, so he'll be back next week. Uh, Duck's here answering car questions. Let's go to Marcus. He has a 2003 Mercury Grand Marquis LS. It's an eight-cylinder and a 4.6-liter engine. Uh, I purchased this car one month ago, and the heater fan stopped blowing air literally as I drove it off the car lot. On the way home, several dash lights came on, and the headlights were dim. It stalled twice. It needed to be jumped, started both times just to get it in the driveway. I changed the alternator out, and everything worked fine after that, even the heater fan. Now... Last week, the heater fan stopped running again. Alternator seems fine. The car is new to me, and I ran the blower on high 90% of the time, having a short drive to work and back, so I'm not positive if the uh, other fan settings were working properly or not. All it does is makes a clicking sound as I push the fan setting wheel up to its highest setting and release it. I changed out the blower motor, but that doesn't seem to be the problem either. I was going to change the resistor next, but I'm not sure if that's the problem either. I've seen several things online about a blend door, and I'm not sure where to go from here. Help, please. Okay. Just just my my words for this person. 
Okay, test, don't guess. Yeah. That's why you go see a, a bumper-to-bumper certified service mechanic, and they take care of this stuff. Well, you know, replacing the alternator was his problem to start with. You know, then he drove it, and it was fine, but then the blower quits working. Well, that can be one of three things, Dave. The clicking noise he's hearing, that is a blend door actuator. Okay, so it's it's ha- it's hanging up. It's stuck. It's probably got a... And, Dave, it could have a pencil down in it, dropped down into the door, and it's got the door stuck open. Right. We've seen that many times. I've found quarters in them. I've found nickels in them. Uh, but the fan not working, most likely is going to be the resistor. Because the resistor, probably what happened, he had a bad fan motor, and he run it on high, pulled too many amps to it, and burnt the resistor up along with the motor. But the clicking noise is something totally different. He's going to have to pull the dash out after to repair it. Okay. And, and that's not that's easy. Not, that's not probably for a novice <laughs> or even a medium-grade uh, technician. This is for a professional. Though. It'll take about seven, five to seven hours to fix it. If you're a professional. If you know what you're doing because the whole dash, the crat, the the crash pad, you know, that you see outside, yeah. you got to unbolt all of it, unplug everything, drop the steering wheel down, uh, and, and it's anywhere from five to seven hours to fix it. Uh. But the resistor will probably make the blower motor blow again, but the clicking noise, you, you know, you can put a, a, a new blend air door motor on it, but it's, it's just going to burn it up too. Here's my, for what it's worth. Take it to a bumper-to-bumper certified service center and let them fix it for you instead yeah. of you trying to do it. You're going to spend three or four times longer than they are. And then if you forget to plug something up going back together with it, you got to tear it all back out again to get something plugged up that you didn't see and you left unplugged. Not fun. I've done it. I know. It's not fun. Nope. You don't want to do it that and way. And that thing I have, you know, 20 or 30 plugs that you had to unplug and plug back. But, mm. you know, Dave, everybody tries it, and then everybody winds up bringing it to us, and we have to repair it. That happened back for me in the 70s. I decided that I could change the uh, the small radiator, the heater core, uh, at the bottom of my Delta 88. Uh, after I got two-thirds of the way through it, I drove it to the mechanic and said, can you pick it up where I left off? He said, sure. It yep. took him 45 minutes to finish up what would probably have taken me three, four hours more. Yeah. If everything worked when you got through with it. Yeah, that's true, too. That's yeah, true too. You know. I did have it hooked up right, though. He was yeah. he was kind of impressed with that. <laughs> you know, But, uh, yeah, it, that was pain. It's a pain because you had to sit on your head. Yeah, you 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 have to lay down and hang on it, and and it's it's hard on your back. Plus, it's hard on your knees because you're you know. It looks like there's all kinds of room until you under start that working. dash until you're on your back upside down working on that stuff. Yep. And the older you get, the eyesight goes away, and you, <laughs> you're trying to hold your glasses up. Well, so you I see was a young the guy then. I was a young guy. I'm talking yeah. back, and this would have been, I would have been about 23 years old. So, you know, I was still pliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can still bend around like <laughs> I used not, to. Good. I'm not Gumby anymore. No, I, 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 don't bend, I don't bend like the rubber man does no more. No, I don't do that either. But Neither am I green. Put the resistor on it, and that'll probably make your fan blower blow. 
But the clicking noise, you know, unless you're a halfway decent mechanic, you ain't going to repair that. All right. Just keep that in mind. All right. Keep it in mind. Uh, I want to do Manny next. He's got a 2012 Honda CRV EX four cylinder engine, uh, 2.4 liter. Greetings. I have a CRV 2012. When I bought it two months ago, I left with the defective serpentine belt tensioner. Ah, we've had this kind of question before. Yep. A Honda mechanic replaced it with a new one, and after three days, uh, it says Faith. I don't know what that means. Faith began with noises like the previous one. It was replaced again by a new one, and the same defect began the next day. All of this happened when turning on the AC. What could be the problem? We've been dealing, for whatever reason, we've been dealing with serpentine belts over the last few yep. weeks. And most likely he ain't got a belt problem, Dave. Most likely he's got a compressor problem or the coolant fans are not running and the head pressure is getting sky high. That'll make the belt squawk because it's trying to lock the compressor up. And if you keep running it like that, you will need a compressor shortly. Okay, so again, this is a situation where you need to get it into a bumper-to-bumper certified service center and allow them uh, to figure it out. You can't just guess at this all the time put the computer on it get in it turn everything like you normally do it take the mechanic for a ride let him sit there and look at the computer and he'll catch it when it does it when the bell starts squeaking he'll look down and see the head pressure sky high on the computer and that means your air conditioner needs to be fixed correct yeah. and it could be simple as putting a coolant fan motor on it could be simple as putting a switch on it. I mean, a high-pressure switch, but because it's not telling the coolant fans to come on. The coolant fans don't come on, the head pressure going to get high, and then you're back in the same boat. Yeah. So let them fix it for you. Yeah. It, you know, it just take it to, you know, if you're around Joe's or you're around me, just come by and we'll put the mechanic in there and send him for a ride with you and tell you, you know, What's wrong with it? Or if you buy Gary, he'll take care of it. Yep. Or if you buy Kenneth, he'll take care of it. Yeah. I mean, any they're certified all over the place. Yeah. You know, pull it up on the internet. You can see it's all and pick, okay, I'm closer to Kenneth, you know, or I'm closer to Ryan out here. You know, this wherever you're close to, go by and tell them, hey, look. And I, if you're out by Lone Oak, you even got a place out in Lone Oak Go out now. at Rich's now. Yeah, go out at Rich's. They'll take care of you. Go in there and see Stephen or George or I can't remember this other folks and it's a family-owned business it's basically all family in there you know uh but they have a record service too yep you know they they if you have car problems uh you know and this new deal that bumper to bumper is starting it's uh three times a year they'll pay if if one of us work on your vehicle and you have something else go wrong they'll pay a 75 dollars fee to get it towed there you go it'll work just so you know it can work yes you just got to use them all right, Taylor has a 2002 Mazda Miata. Woohoo! I love that car. It's got a uh, four-cylinder engine, of course, 1.8 liter. Uh, I have broken four alternator belts now in the past. Here we go, belts again. Uh, in the past month, with the third belt, I had the alternator and belt replaced by a mechanic. It held up for two or three weeks. Today, the belt snapped again and cracked my radiator. We've talked about this. The other uh, power steering and AC belt also came loose. The radiator cracking may be, uh, what you say, have caused the belts to slip off, but I think the belts came off first. What do you think? Well, 
if she's put that many belts on it, she's put a new alternator on it, replaced the belt, it keeps breaking. Um, it could be a belt tensioner running out of line, Dave. I've seen the crankshaft pulley on them get out of line. It's got rubber on, you know, you got the metal part, then you got rubber, then you got the pulley that the yes. belt runs on on the outside. I've seen the rubber let them walk out a little bit. And them serpentine belts, they cannot run out of line. If they get a little bit out of line, they snap. It, it, well, it throws them off, and when it throws them off, then it tears up everything else. And probably what happened, it come off and it was slinging, and that's what busted the radiator. It slung it up there and got the top hose because it's right there by it. Uh, you know, it's uh, you need to carry it somewhere. And if we have a laser pointer deal that's set up for that. It's it, it's a magnet and it sticks to the to the pulley. The top pulley you can find, you just snap it onto it and it sends the light down through it. All of them. Uh, and you can look at them and tell if they're out of line. Well, that's cool. Like this serpentine belt's probably a, uh, let's see, it's running, a, it's probably a four groove belt. And you just get in the middle of it, in the middle groove, and you just look at all the pulleys and see what's lined up. And if everything is lined up, you probably got a, a pulley going bad and they're trying to, if you can just reach in it. Oh, we always, if they got all the belts off, we reach in there and spin them. If you hear one making a grinding noise, we try to tell a customer that it needs to be replaced. Okay. Because it'll save you, you know, sitting on the side of the road or burning your motor up because the belt come off. All right. Keep that in mind. I want you to keep it in mind. This is a great question. This is uh, Howie. He's got a 2005 Mazda MPV LX, a six-cylinder, 3.0 liter. He says, I've noticed that the two fans will stop spinning. Uh, talking about, I guess, his heater fans or whatever, while the engine is on. And when they kick in, it makes a horrible, loud sound. That also sounds like it's giving it everything it has just to kick in. Is the motor fan no good or going bad? Well, see, it's a Mazda, so it should have two coolant fans on it. Um when the, when they come on, they're going to be noisy when they come on. They're not real bad noisy, but you like hear a fan. them come on. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're moving air. You're going to hear and them. And, Dave, this thing is designed where if it don't need the fan but turns so fast, that's all they're going to turn. But you take a 100-degree day outside, it's going to turn faster. Okay. Because it's trying to keep the, AC, the head pressure down on the AC and keep the temperature down. So there again – they need to have a monitor put on them, Dave. I know I preach that all the time, but these new vehicles, you can put a monitor on it, and you can look at stuff. A lot of stuff. Yeah. You, I mean, in, you know, and I'd like to know, is the check engine light on this thing? Most likely it is on, but don't just replace the fan because you hear them making a noise because they may be doing what they're doing. You may have another problem, but go by one of us certified centers. We'll be more than welcome to check you test don't guess you know those two fan motors they're uh for that miles that's 05 model if you just bought the two fan motors you're looking at probably 300 dollars plus putting them on and that's probably not your problem you know you're throwing good money away that's it you know as it joe says don't don't make your car into a christmas tree and you just start hanging stuff on yeah, it hanging ornaments on it yeah makes sense all yep. right Let's get our break in. We'll come back. We'll have the final segment for you here on this Wednesday uh, evening. 
on the Dave Ellswick Show. Continuing the Dave Ellswick Show final segment with Duck here. And uh, again, Joe not here. Uh, Susan's uh, mother passed away. They are on their way to Georgia taking care of that. And uh, our condolences to uh, Susan and uh, her family in the loss of uh, the matriarch of the family. Keep keep that in mind, if you would, uh, during your prayer time. All right, we don't have a lot of time left. Let's do a a diesel question for you, Duck. Tobias has a 2006 Dodge Ram 2500 SLT. It's six-cylinder, 5.9-liter engine. Uh, It's very slow to go into overdrive. For instance, one stretch of a two-mile road I travel, going 45 to 50, it may or may not ever go into overdrive. These conditions are with carrying no load. Also, while traveling up a slight grade, it hesitates downshifting. When traveling through a parking lot at a very low speed, the truck seems to lurch or is confused about whether to shift up or down truck has 90,000 miles what's wrong batteries batteries okay either you got a bad I think it has two batteries on it and Dodge is notorious about a battery going bad it screws everything up notorious about dirty battery cables if you got a dirty battery cables first thing I would do I would take the battery cables off, make sure they're clean. Don't just look at the outside of them. Right. Look at the inside of them, and you'll probably find a little black-looking film over it. Clean the battery cables good. Test the batteries. Put them back on. Go drive it for about 10 miles and let it relearn you how to shift. Okay. Uh, Dave, you'd be surprised how many I've cleaned, by, how many I've repaired. This same problem. Identically the same problem. Uh, it's Easy I got up one, uh, yeah, and, and they'll come in and say, hey, I went to bed last night. It was shifting fine. I got up this morning, and now it don't want to shift. It wants to hesitate shifting and, and herking and jerking. Okay, let me go clean the battery cable. And they look at me like, huh? But Dodge is notorious about dirty battery cables. Now, he's talking about not when you look. When people talk about dirty battery cables, they, they think they see that crud form on nope. the outside, and you think that's it. No, when you take the cable off and you look inside you'll look at the post and it have a black film around it. right turn the cable up and look in the, in the round part inside the round part and it have a black film in it and it and what it does dave it, it it takes some of the ground away it's always on the ground side that i always find this problem but we always clean them all put some battery spray on it and but you'll have to go drive it for about 10 miles and let it relearn you it has to figure out okay hey he's back in me again driving me Every new vehicle does that. It relearns really every time somebody switches drivers. It has to learn you how to drive. I may drive with a soft pedal. You may drive with a hard pedal. Heidi may drive with one medium pedal, but it right. learns us all and to figure us all out. Dodge is notorious in 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, and 08. They had this same problem with batteries. Huh. And I tell people if you got a bad battery on a Dodge truck, Ford truck, Chevrolet truck, it's got two batteries. Do not replace one battery. So, do you do uh, the cleaning of the cables? Do you use that little device like I got? I've had it for years. Pull it out, it's got the brush on it, go inside and around it, or do you use mine, something different? Well, it's the same thing, David. Mine works off air. Off of air, huh? Yeah, it cleans them off air. But you still have to put the deal on the top of the post and spin it around by right. hand. But the other one, we got a little deal you stick in there in a drill and it cleans it off. 
Dodge, they had to be super clean to make this problem go away. Yeah, I always, uh, when I do the post, I get that uh, felt stuff and put down on the bottom that's got the stuff on it. Is that a good thing to have or no? You know the sun shining, Dave? Yeah. I, I don't believe in all that stuff. Okay. You clean the cables good. You keep the cables clean. Uh, we got some spray on stuff. It works great. It's red looking. I got some that's red looking. I got some that's copper copper looking. But uh, the biggest thing you want to make sure is check your batteries and keep your cables clean on Dodge. Yeah, that way they can make a good connection. Yes. That's that's the key. That's what you're saying. Yes. I understand. All and, right. and low voltage, it kills everything. All right. You want uh, an old an old car? Let's go for it. Gerald's got a 92 Ford F-250 custom 8-cylinder 5-liter. The truck runs very rough and will not idle. When I <laughs> remove the crankcase vent hose from the air filter box, it smooths out. I've replaced the air filter as the old one was saturated with oil. I thought perhaps it was clogged. This metal seems not to have a PCV valve, just the hose from the oil fill tube to the air filter box is there a sensor acting up i don't have any check engine light lit help nope gotta blow the intake gasket okay and that's why when he unhooks it runs fine because it's got blow the intake gasket and when it blows the intake gasket it starts pulling too much vacuum away from everything then when he unhooks the hose it relieves it and it's why to sit there and idle good most likely it's a five liter 92 model yep that's what it is got a blowed head gasket i mean blowed intake gasket all right how much does that take to fix it oh that's a 92 it's in a pickup 500 dollars. okay so a little a bit of money but not yep. too bad no and uh there's ways to check it i have a uh, vacuum deal and what you do you pull the oil filter cap off stick this in a, this little deal in the pcv valve you reach over and, and plug you take your hand stick over the oil filter cap and if that sucker runs a vacuum up up to 18 pounds, okay, it's got to blow the intake gasket. And those particular ones, they did have a little trouble. Not serious trouble, but they did have some trouble. All right. Duck, thanks for coming in. We appreciate you, brother. Thank you, Dave. Have a good day. Keep up your keep your health going. Oh, I do. All right. Duck and Joe will be back next Wednesday for us at 6 o'clock hour. Keep that in mind. If you ever have a question, it's send it to Dave at salemlr.com stay tuned it's the vice presidential debate next right here at 101.1 fm the answer